if, uh, if marriage is something that, you know, I, I read an article just recently about a, a one who was promoting the homosexual agenda and she was saying that this whole fight for marriage has nothing to do with marriage. It has to do with wanting to destroy marriage so that there are no such things really as marriages so that people just have whatever relations they want to with whomever they want to and that really is the reason that she and she said others were fighting for homosexual marriage. If being submissive to God is just being a sissy. I mean, you can see how people look at us who just bow to the will of our Savior. You big sissy. If preaching grace is soft-soaking the message, preaching that the fact that, that we have sin in our life and we need God's mercy and grace in order to, to have a, a, a confident expectation of heaven, if that's soft-soaking the message, then that's a bottle of Clorox and tastes just as terrible. If obedience is, oh, that, that word that has become such a dirty word, legalism. If obedience is legalism, you know, legal, you know, isn't that, isn't that an interesting word? How so many words get twisted to, to mean something else, you know, just like the word gay, for example. And I have no ill will toward the, any of the topics I'm discussing tonight. My sister-in-law, her name is Gay. My basketball coach in high school, his name was Gay. And what happens a lot of times with individuals who want to push a certain agenda, oftentimes a wicked agenda, is they look for something that's very positive to attach to something that's very filthy. And then those who seem to have a problem with obedience, it looks like to me years ago there was an attachment to this idea of legalism but you know, the term legal is not a bad word. The term obedience is not a bad word. Now, binding where God is not bound, yeah, we don't want any part of that. Loosing what God is not, not loose, we don't want any part of that. But being obedient to God, we want to be a part of. If trying to protect unborn babies, how would that be viewed today? How would that get sold today? Oh, he's trying to protect unborn babies. Is that how, is that how it's... It's billed today, advertised today? Or is the person, the man who's trying to protect unborn babies, is he now all of a sudden a misogynist? Oh, he just can't stand women. Why? Because he's trying to protect unborn babies? If you refuse to go to the wedding of two individuals who should not be getting married, whether it is a homosexual marriage or an adulterous marriage or a polygamous marriage. If that's unkind, then this bottle of Milo sweet tea is a bottle of Clorox. And, and brethren, brothers and sisters, let me just say, we ought to be very careful if we look back there in Romans chapter 12 where we read, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil. We better be careful abhorring certain things that are evil and other things that are evil, we just rationalize. You think the devil ever tempts us to rationalize evil? A lot of times evil gets rationalized because someone close to us is wrapped up in it. And so when someone close to us is wrapped up in evil, 
Well, we, we, we talk a little bit less about it. And then we talk a little bit less about it. And then we don't do anything that we might have the power to do about it. And listen, I don't know your situations. You don't know my situations. I'm not aiming this necessarily at any particular situation or any particular person. I've got things in my life, in friends and family relationships to deal with myself. I've got people close to me who are now in marriages they should not be in. Well, how is Eric Lyons going to respond to this? He's going to go to their wedding? He's going to celebrate what they're all about? Is he going to support them? Is he going to hang out with them and never say anything about the sin that they are wrapped up in? Because why? Because I'm tempted to, well, I don't want to be looked at as judging them. I don't want to be looked at as unkind. That's what Satan wants us to do. I don't want there to be any animosity among, among us. Was there any animosity on earth when Jesus was here? Just any animosity? Jesus ever make anybody upset? Oh, what about, what about John the Baptist? Did he, did he ever make anybody upset? That's interesting, isn't it? Prophet of God, he was so bold that even when King Herod had his brother's wife, it was really someone else's wife, And then he married her. He took her. And he wasn't supposed to. And Herod spoke up about it. And he died. Hmm. Abhor what is evil. You know, we need to examine our lives and ask ourselves in whatever situation. You know, sometimes we might pat ourselves on the back because, well, here's an evil right here and I'm standing solidly against it. Ah, but this evil, I don't really know. I'm just going to kind of ignore that. I just, uh, that's uncomfortable to deal with. Well, we better, we better learn that we need to get uncomfortable in order to deal with things, to get through things in a righteous manner. We need parents. We need good role models and grandparents, and uncles, and aunts, and brothers, and sisters, and elders, and preachers, and just Christians who Peter says repeatedly should be submissive to one another in the fear of the Lord as we try to understand what is good and what is evil. Which, by the way, the world, they're not going to get it if they don't believe in God. Because without God, there is no goodness. Goodness is defined by God. If there is no God, there is no goodness. There is no objective measure of goodness. And you know what? the, The atheists understand that. Let me just read you a quote or two about this very quickly. I'll just just, uh, get to the hearts of their quotes. Richard Dawkins, probably the most famous atheist in the world, said it does not matter who or what gets hurt in the process so long as DNA is passed on. Life has no higher purpose than to perpetuate the survival of DNA. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, and no good, he says there's not any. The atheist William Provine said this several years ago in an article in the Scientist magazine. 
He said, no inherent moral or ethical laws exist, nor are there absolute guiding principles for human society. Jean-Paul Sartre said years ago, everything is indeed permitted if there is no God. You see, objective good and evil can only exist if you know that if, if there is a God. And those of us who know there is a God and know that the Word, the Bible, is the Word of God based upon the evidence, we know good in a true, very true sense. It exists whether we believe it or not. You know, uh, Caleb Colley, some of you may know him. He wrote an article for us a while back. I like the way he said this. He said, good is defined by goodness, by God's goodness. Good is defined by God's goodness, which is inseparable from his nature. His standard of goodness applies to all mankind by virtue of creation. Our goodness that we have, we can be good people. Just like Barnabas was a good man, we can, but our goodness can only be found in the goodness of God and in more specifically the goodness of Christ. Mark chapter 10 verse 18, only God is good in the supreme sense, in the sinless sense. And when we become a new creature, when we become Christians, then we are called upon... To repent of... You see, it's only when we recognize how wicked sin is, how bad it is, how atrocious it is, how God is a purer eyes than to behold it. He doesn't have fellowship with it. I want to have fellowship with my God. I want to go to heaven. And we need to know how bad wickedness is, how good God is, and His goodness which flows from Him and is revealed to us in His Word is... And so this is what Paul says. He says to cling to goodness. The the Greek uh, reveals more about it. It is a, it is a, a sticking to it. It is being glued to goodness. Which, by the way, you believe in God, you believe the Bible is the Word of God, you are reading the Spirit's will, we are full of the Spirit's message and the Spirit Himself lives in us and we have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness that can come from us because we are children of the good God. But we are to cling to it. We are to hold on to it. You know, it's like that weed eater cord I was trying to unloose from the little coil or whatever you call this thing this last weekend. You know, it isn't, guys, those of you who weed eat, isn't it? You, 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 okay, you got to unwind some cord and then you get it down. And it's not just uh, all tangled. It's like it's been in the Alabama heat for too long and it's just melted together. I could not separate the cord. I tried it with my fingers, my fingernails. I tried a knife or a, 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 some kind of screwdriver. and It just, it just wasn't working. It was stuck. Cling to that which is good. Hold fast to it. Satan's going to try to let go, try to get us to let go of it. Uh, The the, the crazy culture in which we live in, the the music that that is oftentimes produced, the movies, uh, what we hear on the radio, what, what we see coming at us from the four winds, oftentimes, hey, let go of it, let go of it. Cling to goodness and Absolutely. This word abhor, 
is to hate. It is, Greek scholars will tell you, it is uh, said in an emphatic sense. God says emphatically, hate, abhor, loathe, exceedingly hate. Clark said, we are to hate this sin as you hate the hell that it leads to. You know, there are some things you dislike. There are some things that I just, I can't stand. It's kind of hard to say, though, I hate them. You know, I can't stand forgetting things. I was speaking, teaching at Faulkner at Inspire this week, and I forgot my clicker, and I was using PowerPoint, and I, man, that's just nerve. I forgot an extension cord. Sometimes I forget milk on the way home. Today I forgot to give my wife the projector to give to one of our elders at Watumka. Forgot to do that. I, I just... I write myself sticky notes. I, I write myself notes on my phone. I might record a note sometimes. I, I might write on my hand. I just can't, you know, I try to take precautions because I don't like that. You know, some of you don't like asparagus. Some of you don't like broccoli. I've learned to like broccoli, not asparagus yet. But that doesn't compare to the loathing, the hating, the can't standing of, of evil. And wickedness. Well, Eric, what is evil? Well, we know what evil is because God has revealed to us in His Word what good is. Goodness flows from God. Wickedness is that. Sin is that which is against the will of God. When we look in Scripture... It's interesting to me, as I'm going to wrap this up, I've been asked to close about 10 after here, so we're about, we're about done. It's, isn't it interesting? You know, we are to be motivated as Christians, motivated to love goodness and hate wickedness, motivated by love, by just loving our God. Love our Father so much that that, that love motivates us to want to live right and do right. I mean, the, the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hangs all the law. I mean, that was a summary of the law of Moses, of the Old Testament. But isn't it interesting that even though Christians were exhorted to love each other in the first century, as you go through the epistles, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and you just go through all these epistles... You know one thing you will find in just about every one of them? A number of evil things that are listed that Christians are to hate and stay away from. So Christianity, is, is, it can be very simply summarized as Christians who love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and will do whatever He asks them to do. We submit to Him, we love Him, we serve Him. We are one with Him now and we look forward to being one with Him in a more intimate sense in, in face-to-face one day in the afterlife. But Christianity is also about some do's and don'ts. It's about clinging to what is good and hating what is evil. And when you read and just here in this very chapter. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. A few verses later, let us walk properly. Chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. God calls us. He begs us by the mercies of God 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Will of God. You see, our minds will change when we get right with God. When we get right with God and we submit our lives to Him, we become a new man and become a new creature. We understand better. We should understand better how bad sin is, wickedness is, evil is, and how we should absolutely hate it. Isn't it interesting, as we close, that we have love hating something. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Bow with me, please. Father, we are so very thankful for your revelation to us, your will revealed to us in your holy word that we have the opportunity for whatever time we have on this earth to look at so that we might know your mind, so that we might know what your will is for us. Father, we confess to you that we have spent too much time in our life playing in the pits of sin and not in the seas of righteousness. And we pray, dear God, that you will help us to uh, be sorry for sins that we commit and that we will truly live a faithful life to... uh, Uh, for you and and in your service. Father, we confess to you our imperfections, but we pray that your Son's blood will continue to cleanse us as we confess to you our wrongs and strive to walk in the light and not in darkness. Thank you for these good brethren here, dear God. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the unity in this congregation, for the good leadership, and for the older ones who instruct the younger ones and the younger ones who have such good and tender hearts. We pray, dear God, that we will submit our lives to you and to each other. In the most holy faith, in Jesus' name, amen.